Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And on a vaccine, we'd love to see if we could do it prior to the end of the year. This kind of promise is clearly political, but it's also remarkably dangerous. Some have even argued it's perhaps dangerous. So if we say, well, they can't really get this vaccine, the science is questionable. Now we're the negative Nancys. Oh, look at that Acosta, always trying to kill our optimism. Biden earned her doctorate of education from the University of Delaware in 2007. Teaching is so much more than a job to me. But in a Wall Street Journal op-ed this weekend, author Joseph Epstein called on Biden to stop using the title. Her response praised on social media as pure class and intelligent. I think that we've been respectful to Melania. Is it possible that she's not concerned with his mistresses because she was one of them? Ah, respectful. (laughs) (sighs) Notice how good the guitar is now, that's Matthew Sweet, by the way, Divine Intervention. This song I always thought was great. I used to have this uh, job when I was 19 years old. Um, it was really a great job, actually. It was um, on-site promotions. I was working for TDK, the tape company, you know, like Maxell or TDK. And so we would go to concerts and set up in front of the concerts, you know, out where the T-shirt guys were or whatever. And we would let people... Hello, Alice. Hi. You look lovely tonight in green. Thank you. I hope nothing falls off the wall and <laughs> concusses you today. Well, we removed the Constitution now from yes. its dangerous place above my head. So this gig was uh, TDK, is the tape industry, cassettes were still trying to hang on. This is about 1991, probably. Um, uh, you know, they, were, they had these TDK tapes that they said were as good as CDs. So my job was, our job was to go to different places, <laughs> record shops and concerts, and go out and bring this big CD player with us, and we played this song from Europa, I think was the band, 
And so we'd give people the TDK challenge. You could take the TDK challenge. <laughs> we'd let give them headphones and play the song <laughs> and see if they could guess what was CD and what was the TDK tape. <laughs> and if they guessed right, or if they took the challenge, whatever it was, then they'd get a T-shirt, a TDK T-shirt. Of which we had lots. <laughs> and um, That's a cool prize. It is. Well, you know, to be the last dying breath of, you know, cassettes are going to force CDs off of the market. You know, it wasn't, I don't know if I would have. Uh, You've chosen all the industries yeah. that are like that. No Terrestrial kidding. radio, yep. newspapers, <laughs> cassette so <that> was tapes. The, <laughs> yeah, that was the job. And so somebody just felt bad for us, uh, you know, representing the cassette tape community. <laughs> Outside of the uh, Matthew Sweet concert, and so they threw us a free single, and that was that. What that single is from Divine Intervention. So I we saw a lot of cool people. We saw, well, saw. I mean, we were allowed to like peek in the venue <laughs> after we, you know, had convinced we the saw masses them through the crack in the doorway. <laughs> after we had thoroughly convinced them that CDs were obsolete. <laughs> Um, and that cassettes were making a comeback, then we could go into the shows for a bit and, and hang out. And hear them do sound check and stuff. It was cool. Um, we saw them. We saw Dylan, the Bodines, and then and then um, did I tell you about? I must have told you about um, the band, the rap band we saw. Um, who sang me, myself, and I? Me, myself, and I. Me, myself. <laughs> I'm not yawning because I'm bored with this story. Um, I'm just tired. Song. No, this is a good. <laughs> I'm in, I'm gripped by the song tale of the rap band that you saw um, while selling people on cassette tapes. Um, oh no! Is it? Is, isn't it me, myself, and I? That's not the song, though. It's not by this guy. Um, De La Soul. The band was called. Okay. This is a rap band, and and so um. You know, like I said, we had done all these other bands uh, already. And so they were having a concert at Northeastern University. And so we went and we found our little area, a little six-foot table, and uh, set up our TDK, you know, TDK challenge stand. <laughs> and uh, the rap, uh, the fans there were like they're taking their TDK challenge, whatever. And then as the show got... Uh, boisterous, we'll say. Mm-hmm. And the fans then decided that they wanted the t-shirts, but they... Didn't had... want to take the challenge. They didn't want to take the TDK challenge anymore. <laughs> so I assume you held your ground firm we for held the our integrity ground. of the TDK the challenge. Made, they made um, it very clear that they were getting <laughs> the shirts one way or another. And we... Uh, but it's not hard to just do the challenge. <laughs> Right, they weren't negotiating. They didn't want to hear that. They um they were very riled up, and they were leaning in. Some would like dash over and try to grab a shirt like that, and some, if you didn't give them a shirt, would threaten us. Hey, m- they would say mean things. For those of you, those of you who listened last night, now assume that I'm a punk. You would have liked the things they were saying to me. For a little kid in Win- from Winchester, Massachusetts, I was getting some awful, very straight up. Um, Straight up uh, threats from the streets uh, in that particular evening. It got so bad at one point that they started just ripping, coming over and like ripping the stuff in off, and uh, and uh, like they they came over the wall. It was just like the you know attacking us, and we couldn't keep them out anymore. The the fans there, and they were not happy. They were violent, 
at and then from above us because we were at the foot of a stairway mm-hmm. that goes up. This was like a big cafeteria at Northeastern at the time. Um, a couple of the fans decided to relieve themselves on us. <laughs> yes, yes, they pissed on us, Alice. <laughs> so, so that time uh, between the. Being speaking of uh, you know speaking of dossier for that time being on the receiving end of our own golden shower, we um, we decided <sighs> to get as much of the equipment we could and get the hell out of there because there would be more violent in that in the yeah. piss you uh, let- that being urinated <laughs> on for some reason we thought maybe the night was should come to an end. and we had to leave some shirts behind and stuff and they like tore into them and we got the hell out of it was the first time we were in full retreat me and one other guy. <laughs> Like run for your life. Take Don't whatever concerts you- like have security and stuff? Because aren't there Not people that selling? Nice. Aren't there people at concerts generally selling more expensive, desirable stuff than TDK T-shirts? Like CDs. I, would assume, I mean, this was kind of a it, like. This I actually forty dollar programs and other stuff that cost more than a free TDK T-shirt. Like, why did they decide to steal? Maybe you just seem like easy pickings. Yeah, we seem, well <laughs> the shirts. They just wanted the T-shirts. They didn't want to talk. They were not happy with us. I think possibly, it's. I'm. I'm not saying anything about anything. I'm just saying that perhaps they. It's possible that they saw us and didn't like the look of us. Perhaps, um, and um, I don't know. I don't know, Alice, what went into it. All I know is that uh, I always have fond memories when I hear that song. <laughs> <laughs> Me, myself, and I about being urinated on for I, I believe the last else. time in my uh, life. Run or de la soul. De la soul. De la soul. Yeah, de la soul. Okay. Exactly. Um, so uh, why did I bring that up? Oh, the song. The, the, the Matthew intro. Sweet. Matthew Sweet. Divine intervention. Exactly. So that concert, you didn't get pissed on by the fans. No, no. <laughs> thankfully, very few of the concerts did people relieve themselves on me. And um, and that was closed out. That that part of my life was closed out in the early nineties, thankfully. Um, but I don't know, Alice. My friend um, Joe Epstein is the guy who wrote, who wrote that uh, column for the Wall Street Journal. He is now the subject of ire. I can't believe we talked about this last night. He's the guy who wrote to Doctor Jill Biden should stop calling herself Doctor Jill Biden. Very mm-hmm. flippant kind of um, uh, uh, column that he wrote. Yeah. It's it's very funny. I I liked it. I actually like the topic anyway. I don't think it's actually a partisan topic in general. Yeah, and, it's a culture topic. Yeah, it's a culture lifestyle. Topic. And, you know, it, and, and so he wrote this thing. And, and of course, the, the, the people are just appalled that he would attack an incoming first lady. Somebody of, you know, of great accomplishments as well. And it is just incredible. And it's incredible just to see the, the, the distance that members of the media are going to salvage her honor. They will not. It is nothing funny about this, one. They're letting you know that. And two, they will have her back no matter what. ABC's Ann Thompson. You just say, when you write a news package, you know, you usually do a live stand-up and then you go to your um, your prepackaged uh, voiceover. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> you have to write that copy. And, and I assume Ann Thompson from ABC wrote her own copy for this, but... You can pretty much tell right away where this goes. She is not happy with the Wall Street Journal or this author at all. Growing up, Jill Biden famously punched a bully in the nose to defend her sister. This morning... Famously. Famous. <laughs> I had never heard that Who doesn't story. know this? At least you do. The, the we, famous the, story of Jill yeah, Biden that is, punching a bully. Yeah, bully was bullying her sister. She punched the bully. 
Famously, everybody knows that old yarn. You know, it goes with the with the with the George Washington is uh, cherry tree. Yeah, thing. who knew that the media was a bunch of Jill Biden stands who just know everything well, about her? Well, she famously her. fought a bully. She finds herself at the center of another fight that she didn't pick. This time with an op-ed columnist who questioned her use of an academic title. The most tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. cute, needling op-ed that I could ever read. If, if he's actually questioning her, generally you don't write kiddo in something that you're questioning. Yeah, he's you know, goofing around. He's saying, come on, this is silly. Drop the doctor. Like, absolutely. Don't call yourself doctor all the time to everybody because it's weird and pretentious. Right. And in, in, in the media, of course, it's not, that is not funny. No, you can't, you can't make fun of that. That is, that is incredibly uh, disrespectful. Not funny whatsoever. I mean, it is... <clears throat> her kind of it, it, it is very petty it's petty because according to joe she was sick of everybody calling her mrs biden because she was mm-hmm. somebody too so she got to be dr jill that's what she i want to be my own character i don't want to be somebody who's just you mm-hmm. the thing is nobody would know about dr jill if she right. wasn't married to mr joe <laughs> so senator biden right so so i mean this it's this weird thing and I'm sorry, Alice, this is something that, that a lot of women have. There's weird insecurity and inferiority, like, mm-hmm. complex about, like, no, why does it get to be, I want to be, like, we have one of our children down there. If you dare, if some, if, if the two other kids get anything and he doesn't get one, he assumes there's a coup out <laughs> there somewhere. And it's no mic. And he always feels like he's getting screwed. But there's, there's this thing that a lot of women have mm-hmm. that they feel... No, and it's like, and it, and, it, and it causes like guys to not be able to speak freely in front of them, right? You know, like well, you know right. this if you got a friends friends who marry somebody who's terrible, and and the rest of the guys are like she's not coming, is she? You know, because we can't be us anymore with her there because she's got hangups, you know that right. we don't have, um, and some women have it, some women don't. Women I find who um. Who who uh, believe in themselves and have a good self esteem, who actually feel that they that their worth is mm-hmm. right up there, they have no problem, no hang up. But don't you think the whole world and like this sort of girl power version of feminism in particular is constantly sending girls that message that they need to be constantly overcompensating? Like, mm-hmm. if you browse the girls' clothing section in any Walmart, you have a little string on your chair. Uh, do I? Some, no, it's still there. Yep. Is it? Yeah, there you go. Oh. Um, Thank you for saying <laughs> singular chin, too. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, if you browse, like, the girls' clothing section in any store, or there's, like, brands like Princess Awesome that cater to this specifically, like, that have, like little girls dresses with like math equations on them or dinosaurs like that are pink because and it's all like like nobody makes little boys t-shirts with math equations all over them to prove boys can do math like because they don't have to prove boys can do math because it's just understood that boys can do math but if you're constantly telling your daughter you can do stem too you can be anything you want to be and you don't say it to boys they're gonna notice something's up Hmm. it's like you know but we but our society does this and in particular this sort of like yeah 
like princesses grow up to be superheroes kind of vibe that this like modern feminism thing has. It's just like it's so toxic and exposing your kids to that. I think exposing your daughters to that is worse for them than any like patriarchy thing that you can expose them to. It's just it's gross. And like my daughter noticed it one time. She was like, how come like the boys shirts don't say they can grow up to be anything? And I said, because people know boys can grow up to be anything. If you're wearing a shirt that says you can grow up to be anything, it suggests that you don't think you can and you need to like put it on a shirt to remind yourself. It's like we constantly treat our daughters like they're in one of these Make-A-Wish Foundation videos where they're like getting to be the quarterback on the football team mm-hmm. for a day because they're like a eight-year-old with well, cancer that's what Sarah who's going to die. Did, just kicked but the field goal over the weekend. Yeah, that's like, but we constantly treat our daughters like that in everything they do. Like, woohoo, you can do STEM too. You're a superhero. Like, why Why do we talk down to women this way? Because well, then you grow up and you have a bunch of women who like have this crazy inferiority complex and constantly assume they're somehow being slighted. Right, right. I'm a doctor. It's Dr. Chill. I'm not, and also, I mean, this this whole thing, you're getting all of the stuff because you're married to him. Right. That's no true. one would, there's, no one would care about your ed degree. Right, and, and actually, and getting all the stuff because you're married to him is not dishonorable. It's fine. Yeah, marriages it's, are a team it effort. It doesn't mean just because he has the, you know, the motorcade and you just have to tag along, it doesn't mean that you're any less than he is. Doesn't matter. Who cares? Marriages are a team effort. Everything right. that one member of a couple does reflects on both partners in the marriage. And people who are married know this absolutely that whether or not someone is on your team and on your side, you know, pulling for you, whether it's behind the scenes or openly, makes an enormous difference, possibly the biggest difference in your life. Who you're married to is one of the biggest factors in all your successes and failures in your life. Right. It's, it's huge. It's huge. Look even like at someone who was really successful, Lincoln, and Mary Todd Lincoln, and what a freaking drag she was on yeah. all his success all the time. She was like a toxic tornado in his life that just constantly dragged him down. It's... It, it makes a big difference. Partnership matters. And like to treat that like that's not important and marriages are just like two individual people that for some reason like live together is it it undermines what right. what what partnership is. Yes, and we and we create these fake narratives all over the place. All over the place. You know, Hillary Clinton was praised as being an independent, fierce, independent brilliant thinker who wasn't going to be Tammy Wynette. She wasn't going to stick stick around baking cookies. That wasn't, that's what she said. I'm not Tammy Wynette. You know, she was precise. Tammy Wynette wouldn't have stayed with a deadbeat husband like that. (laughs) I know. I mean, the guy was absolutely, Hillary Clinton could have at any time said, screw you, but she absolutely transacted. She was, Mm -hmm. she wasn't. And then then we came, then we act like, wow, she's so self-made, so incredibly self-made. No, 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 no. She wasn't so self-made. I'm sorry about that. There are people who are self-made out there. And plenty right. of women do a great job and don't need anybody. And, but, I mean, just creating this false false thing is, is too bad, too. And, and, and thankfully, yeah, and it's almost, by the way, pretend? I'm going to say it's almost always women, women who are more on the left. Well, but right. why do we have to pretend that 
people who are married do things by themselves with no input from the other partner? Why do we have to pretend that it's not a team effort? Like, is power couple a bad word? Like, there's nothing wrong with the fact that Hillary Clinton is who she is because she married Bill Clinton, too. And he's a fabulous politician. She would have probably done better in 2016 if she'd listened to him a little bit because he has Mm -hmm. much better political instincts than Robbie Mook and the rest of these idiots. And, and, you know, and she she could have done better by leaning on him more, probably, in that context. But... um. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with the fact that she made a choice about who to partner with in her life, and that had an impact on her successes. That's not something to be embarrassed about. Right. I don't. I don't see the problem with saying that. But no. But no. Doctor Jill is mad that the mail is addressed to her senator husband and herself, and not that she's not put first as the most important person in the world. So she has to make up for it by getting a, an extra teaching degree. Well, And she then has we're to all supposed for... to act like exactly. this is some magical thing. And I said yesterday, like, I think that's cool to go back to school and do something and get a well, degree fine, and whatever. But, the, but like... To act, though, though, that now we have to pay a toll every time we address her. Because she did this to show... You know, that this is not contrived whatsoever because I'm insecure. It's not, it's your fault. You have to now address me and prostrate yourself vocally in front of me by calling me Dr. Jill because I'm my own person. Okay, so just make sure you call me that. It's like, it's that and people who don't accept nicknames, like, don't call me that. I don't want to be just like, I don't, I don't get that. We, how joyless. Don't call me, I don't like nicknames. I don't like, don't call me that. Jesus, how joyless. I don't want when I was really young, I interned at this place for a little bit. And this woman, one time, I, I said this joke, whatever. It was not an off-color joke. It was just a dumb joke. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Grasshopper walks into a bar. The bartender says, uh, what does he say? I don't know this Oh, the bartender says, we have a drink named after you. The bar- Grasshopper says, you have a drink named Steve? It was that joke? It, it was that level of joke. Oh, okay. Anyway, the woman said to me, she said, um, just so you know, I don't really have much of a sense of humor. And I was like, wow, you're great! What a you know what a catch! But um, so so anyway, let's get back to Ann Thompson, Alice, who's not pleased with uh, the Wall Street Journal and not pleased with this onslaught against poor Dr. Jill. Two defining characteristics of soon-to-be First Lady Jill Biden are that she is a fierce Philly girl, and mm-hmm. if you're the editor and you're checking the copy, you're saying, um. What is this exactly? <laughs> the two defining characteristics that she's a fierce Philly girl? If you're fierce, then you don't need to be get somebody to call you a special name, you know? <laughs> Make pretend and call me a fancy special name that shows that I'm my own person and have nothing to do with him because my fierceness is mostly insecurity. Okay, fierce Philly <laughs> girl. Did you realize that she you do know that she famously Punched a bullet. Right. She didn't just punch a bullet. She did it famously. Yes. That she thrives on teaching at community colleges. Biden earned her doctorate of education. Two things you need to know. She's a fierce Philly girl and she thrives on it. And we're happy to tell you is this person is precisely doing the job of a PR professional. Right. Yeah. This is a PR pitch. for the Jill Biden comms team already and call it a day. Education from the University of Delaware in 2007. Which is not to be laughed at. That's a very important and prestigious university right now, regardless of what you might know. No, unknow it and know that that's prestigious and that's important. Teaching is so much more than a job to me. But in a Wall Street Journal op-ed this weekend, author Joseph Epstein called on Biden to stop using the title. 
addressing her as Madam First Lady, Mrs. Biden, Jill, kiddo. How do you think Ann likes that? Kiddo. He used kiddo because Joe uses kiddo when he talks to her. Right. He famously, not as famous as the bully punch, but he famously <laughs> uses kiddo. Right. And those are all things that people call Jill Biden. They're all like official. Right. They're all names for her. So if you follow the logic of the sentence, then you can see where Kiddo comes in because he's not just choosing things at random. He's choosing things that she's actually yes. called. Because this is a guy who's been writing for many <laughs> decades and is good at, his, at what he does. He asked, any chance you might drop the doctor before your name? She also delivered this tweet overnight, writing... Together, we will build a world where the accomplishments of our daughters will be celebrated rather than diminished. Her response praised on social media as pure class and intelligent. Praised on social media as pure class and intelligent. Wow. I remember it was completely consistent. Over 180 million people. Use those exact words. Pure class. Yes. Intelligence. That's that, what we said on this very podcast was yesterday, there, in fact. Was there a mix of reaction for for her tweet? No. No. It was praised on social There's media. There's only one op-ed writer in America who thinks that she should not call herself doctor in general life. Only one. It, yes. And it, Nobody else praise- has that opinion. Yes. If you think that you're obviously weird and there's something wrong with you, probably something you need to go confess to your local diversity consultant about your deep hate of women and if you think that it's pretentious then you need to deal with that yourself because it was universally praised her response on yes social there media. was not one dissent tweet not one everybody <laughs> used pure class yeah, it auto finished mine i was tweeting about <laughs> that this is pure class i know that tweet itself saying that you know we should be encouraging our daughters whatever i thought you know what i know class I know diluted class, <laughs> and that's the that's the straight up stuff. That's the that has not been cut. That is pure <laughs> uncut class, concentrated right there. That is pure class. Now, letters to the journal's editor this morning use other words such as sexist, sour grapes, and uninformed. Those are the everybody in the Twitter said she pure class. He sexist. <laughs> That's already the jury of the people of the earth have already weighed in on this. So you you don't have to do any thinking, person who's watching ABC News. Don't do any thinking. We've already had done all the thinking. The consensus is done out there. Tough Philly girl, um, famously punched the bully. Your class. He then this is already done. So you don't have to work it out for yourself. We've already done it for you. He sexist. Also. Kind of a bully, if you get it. You get what we're meaning. And the paper's editorial page editor made his own accusations, accusing the Biden team of fanning the controversy to play identity politics, describing his encounters with them over the weekend as very Trumpian. Ooh, vicious. That's Paul Jago of the of the Wall Street Journal who wrote that editorial defending this uh, humorous column. But no, uh, no, no, no. Heaven forbid one person in America should write a column that you disagree with. No. About sexist. a non-issue. Sexist. Anything written with a critical eye that involves a female is called sexist. We know how this works, Alice. We know how this works. Her response praised on social media as pure class and intelligent. Wow. Yeah, yeah. The Biden, the Biden comms team 
has been farmed out. <laughs> this does not end there, obviously. I mean, I don't even think he needs to have a comms team at this point. No, he doesn't. He's got, <laughs> he's got about 58,000 comms teams members <laughs> all over the place. Some of them work for The View. But Wall Street Journal, shame on you. This is Anna Cordova, Anna Cordero, whatever her name is. She's she's not a uh, she famously fought a bully. I guess I'm not allowed <laughs> to say anything. I don't want to be sexist. I expect so much more from the Wall Street Journal. I hold them to a higher standard. This is not the National Enquirer. This is not some rag sheet or some blog. This is the Wall Street Journal. And for them to have these low of a standard for who they publish to attack the First Lady of the United States is really kind of disgraceful and brings shame and embarrassment to them. Yeah. 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 You can't attack the word doctor. (laughs) <laughs> you can't attack the the title. That's a personal attack. Anything <laughs> said is an attack. Anything said at all, other than that, you're allowed to say pure class and intelligent. You can say those. Can, you, I, can I jump in here? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, first of yeah. all, don't call her kiddo. She's not somebody you met on Tinder. Okay, she's the next first lady of the United States. I think that we've been respectful to Melania, and we will be respectful to to Jill. We've been respectful to Melania. <laughs> Are we sure they've been respectful to They're Melania? They're sure. They've been respectful to Melania. They can't think of a time when they weren't. They certainly wouldn't call her kiddo. No. Is it possible that she's not concerned with his mistresses because she was one of them? Hmm. Uh, Is that possible? Uh, that it doesn't well, you, affect you her, specifically asked her in that way? Because if she, she loved her husband. Uh, that's uh, them being respectful to Melania. Mm-hmm. Calling Melania uh, a mistress. Is it possible that she's not concerned with his mistresses because she was one of them? Hmm. Uh, Is that possible? Uh, that it doesn't well, you, affect you her specifically asked in her that way because if she, she loved her husband. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, you know, she's either. I mean, you. The stuff that people say about Melania is, is all over the place. But it, by the way, that that. When they said that in the view, mm-hmm. there was a guy uh, who worked for uh, NBC News or CBS News who was like kind of in the middle of the gaggle. And uh, before they signed off, he clarified that they had been disrespectful. You know, uh, I'm sure Joy was not pleased and that woman wasn't pleased because, of course, you can call Melania a mistress. You know, oh, of yeah. Course. You can question whether or not she loves her husband and whether she was his mistress and all that stuff. And By the way, and her fine. degree Very is not respectful. is nothing good. Her degree that she got in Kazakhstan or whatever it is, is just totally crap. Remember, she wasn't allowed to be considered anything. Remember, she, remember she and these are all about empowering yourself, agency mm-hmm. over yourself. Remember, she did naked spreads for yeah. in, mag- in magazines. Horror. Can you imagine that? Disgusting. Tart, right? She's it's, just a model. Uh, right, exactly. Who cares if at she speaks five languages? She's just at, a model. At best, she's just a model. That's <laughs> what they say other things. Yeah. But the fact that now he is admitting that they have this relationship yeah. in reference to Stormy Daniels, I mean, and I you think... You know, today is Melania's birthday. Obvious. Happy birthday, Melania. I know. Oh. Yeah. That's a nice uh, message to pass up. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. I don't get it. I could never... Well, I mean... People who I understand that the media is going to be sycophantic because they're dumb, um, and they're activists and whatever. I don't understand people who have hangups like that. I'll never get it. I'll never understand in in, in whatsoever, whatsoever. You I, you could as a routine, routinely 
call me fat boy, and I <laughs> I'd be absolutely fine as long as it, it as long as it doesn't take any time or cost <laughs> me anything, then that's fine. I don't care. You know, it could, well, I don't understand how anybody would ever care about any of this about any of this stuff. You can who has time to care about? You know, it doesn't. It looks like that I'm. I mean, when people see us, they always assume that you're better, and I must have done something to to get you. You know, and I mean, who cares? Who cares? You know? Yeah, I mean, you can't waste your time. But yeah, but women are taught to be like constantly. Not that I on got the- you, Alice. <laughs> but you know, you're good looking, um, and I'm disgusting. I have no problem <laughs> with it. Um, but. Women are taught specifically to like always be on the lookout for someone slighting them, right? Like that's they're taught to like constantly be like trying to compete with the boys and looking out for the boys, not letting you play fairly with them. You know, that's yeah. That's and that's like that's a danger. <laughs> that's it's not a healthy way to like look at other people around you and like constantly be suspicious that they're trying to like write you out of what they're doing. They're yes. not calling me doctor. It's because I'm a woman, isn't it? It's because I'm a woman. They have to call me doctor. Like they keep calling my husband senator and they're not calling me anything special. It must be because I'm a woman or maybe Ugh. it's just because he's a senator. Like I don't know. Like what are you Well, she for? is a doctor, not only that. She's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. She's an amazing doctor, okay? Amazing. And that's it. She famously punched a bully. Can you imagine writing that copy? <laughs> the editor must be like, "She what? What did, can I <laughs> Somebody google this? Did she famous? Did I Am I missing something?" Is this verified? I know that she's a fierce Philly girl. Oh, Jesus. The fierce Philly girl. Just don't call her uh, Mrs. Biden. So, uh, Alice, you know, I I know that we like to um, beat up in the media again and again. But, you know, some things they got absolutely right. Mm -hmm. They have been telling us now for two months that this president has been uh, irresponsibly and dangerously suggesting that a vaccine could be ready before the end of the year, which is something that will never happen whatsoever. And they, the media has let us know again and again just how dangerous this is for Trump to be promising such a thing. And on a vaccine, we'd love to see if we could do it prior to the end of the year. But many scientists, including the president's ousted former top vaccine official, say that is overly optimistic. That's an ambitious timeline, and many health experts aren't so sure it's achievable. So many experts and doctors today immediately cast doubt on that. Experts say it, he'd be in, need a miracle to be right. It would take you know over a year. Experts are warning that kind of timeline may be overly ambitious. Health experts pushing back. So many experts. Well, NBC News did a fact <laughs> check on this today that a coronavirus vaccine, Trump says it could come out this year, this sort of you know happy talk that he's doing about a vaccine. You cannot talk yourself into a vaccine. The fastest a vaccine has ever been produced from start to finish is five this is ali velshi of uh, cnn a mo ron five years previous vaccines have taken years to develop history actually holds a lot of different lessons um for us about politicians rushing to science when it comes to vaccines will we get the best vaccine in this timetable one moment i think that's joy vila or joy reed or joy behar one of them <laughs> some joy history can tell us a lot about politicians Rushing a vaccine? Are there volumes about this happening? I yeah, mean, the, I mean, the I swine flu of... vaccine in the 70s uh, turned out to be a not good vaccine. 
Right. Right? Um, but I don't know if there's a whole, you know, backlog of, you know, you, you can go right to viol- vaccines that are rushed by politics and desperate pandemics. Aisle seven. It's any book there is. is <laughs> I don't know. But that's fine. That's fine. Well, uh, or will we just get a vaccine? This kind of promise is clearly political, but it's also remarkably dangerous. Some have even argued it's perhaps dangerous. So if we say, well, they can't really get this vaccine, the science is questionable. Now we're the negative Nancys. Oh, look at that Acosta. Always trying to kill our optimism. But it happened. Operation Warp Speed. Vaccines delivered. It's coming to your state. If it already hasn't, it's coming to my state. Mm-hmm. And they the vaccine the is out. Runs today. And that is remarkable. It yeah, is absolutely I mean, remarkable. What one of the things that Operation, Operation Warp Speed did was guarantee that the government would purchase these vaccines. It guaranteed it backed the vaccines with American tax dollars. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, Pfizer could devote all of its time and resources on vaccine work because they had a customer. They regardless. knew there was a market. Exactly. No matter what, this has been a huge achievement, and. It, it, the media could never say it because they used the entire um, coronavirus to convince you that Trump had killed hundreds of thousands of people, and so that you need to toss him out of office. Um, so they'll never, they'll never tell, they'll never say it. It'll be despite Trump. Right. But this is quite a, uh, this is quite a huge uh, day and freaking remarkable. And to, you mm-hmm. know, good, good on those folks. I hope it works. I hope they work. I mean, there's about six different vaccines out there. Right. And I mean, it's not to say that there won't be any side effects from the vaccine because there there will be a few side effects, Um, you know, mostly kind of the typical vaccine side effects. You might get a fever. Your arm might be sore. You might feel a little sick for a few days, things like that. That's like what they saw in the trials. And I mean, yeah, there might be some like long-term thing, but this is a matter of weighing the risks. We know what the impact of coronavirus is. The impact of coronavirus is like, you know, two or three out of every thousand people that get it, older people typically, will die. So unfortunately, it's very concentrated in older people. So we know who to concentrate on with the vaccines to prevent the deaths, right? Like, this is sort of, um, that there is a group of people who is going to have a very clear benefit to taking the vaccine, even if there are potentially costs to taking the vaccine. You know, for someone like me, the reason I'm not getting the vaccine today, the reason why it wasn't rolled out to me is because the risk of me dying from coronavirus is very, very low. For someone in a nursing home or someone who works in a nursing home, that's not the same, you know. So that's why you know, we're rolling it out the way that we are, because even if there is some potential downside to the vaccine that we don't know about yet, um, it's going to be outweighed for the people who have like a 5% chance of death if they get coronavirus, Mm -hmm. you know, like if you're 80, then your risk of dying if you get COVID is pretty high. So it's worth it to take the risk on the vaccine. I mean, there have been some people making the case, including Matt Iglesias, and there was a New York Times article that said kind of the same thing. Basically, um, this vaccine didn't take 10 months to develop this vaccine took um more like a few weeks to develop actually you know they first started shipping it in like march april for the trials and um there are people that have been saying like well we didn't really wait for trials on hydroxychloroquine and these other things you know trump 
passed right to try on treatments for diseases, right? Where, you know, if there's a promising new drug out, we don't wait for it to be tested. You People, if they want to take it, they can, they have a right to try it out, some promising new therapeutic for some illness, including COVID. Mm. And why, and so the, what this article was asking and what Matt Iglesias was kind of saying is like, why don't we do that for very high risk populations for vaccines? They came out with the vaccine like in March. Why wouldn't we give that to people who are very high risk from COVID? I'm not sure I agree with that, but p- some people have made that case because we did actually have the vaccine like 10 months ago. Did we really? Yeah, it only took a few weeks to actually make the thing because China had already, um, you know, mapped the whole genome of the virus. So we knew the whole genome of the virus. At Wait, that so time. we had this vaccine months ago? We had this vaccine. Yeah, they first started the trials back in the spring, but we waited for the trials. We sped up the trials. We did the phases of the trials concurrently. Normally, part of the reason it takes so long is you do like one first trial the, to like on mice and then you do a human trial and then you do so we just ran all the trials concurrently at the same time so this has been tested on like 40,000 people so far have taken it in the trials but a lot of but there are have been some people saying like where this was an illness that was clearly killing people and the stakes are so high why wouldn't we have like a right to try thing with vaccines why wouldn't we just if people want to Mm -hmm. let them take it and you know See you know, see what happens if people want it because we did have it and now the trials are out and we do have fairly good, at least short term safety data. And um, and that's that it is, you know, effective Mm -hmm. and and safe, at least over the short term. And so now people are taking it and, you know, with the number of people that have died since the spring, it's it it is a question that some people are asking, like, why don't we do this earlier? And of course, there's risks to that, too. There's risks to taking the vaccine now. There's risks to taking any drug. Right. Like. Right. And not all people react to stuff the same. But it, there's risk to any medical treatment. And it's just a question of for this particular patient, is the risk of taking this thing worse than the risk of what it's stopping you know that's that's always the trade-off that the game that you're playing so so that'll be a question and that i think will be something that when the next pandemic happens as it probably will um because we have these animal populations that are just back to the pangolins virus um dang were we ever gonna know how this thing started are we back to pangolins bat soup what what is this well the thing is and like the minks and stuff in europe the problem is and i don't know if we'll know how this particular outbreak got started uh i am suspicious of this lab in wuhan i think that it's not um uh and and i think china will probably never let us know um but the truth of what really happened there. But but part of the reason why these things continue to constantly crop up is that, um, you know, these animal populations can have viruses that exist in the animal population. So even if we all take a vaccine for it, it can come back, you know, mm. because it can cross from the animal population into the human population. Um, a couple of other things. A.G. Barr has just resigned um, we knew that he was going to do it. Uh, he had leaked it out. He's um, Trump was salty at him for um, hiding the Hunter Biden investigation. Yeah. I don't blame Trump. I'd be salty too. Um, I liked William Barr. Thought he did a great job. 
And um, also, the the administration should get credit as well. They uh, they essentially th- threatened the job of the FDA guy last Friday to say, "Hey, greenlight all this crap immediately or resign." And by the end of the business, the guy had uh, greenlit what he needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have some public service issues, Alice. Okay. One should we play Smokey Robinson? Um, you can. Some okay. Good fun. Okay, this this is this is interesting. This is Smokey Robinson. This isn't the public service issue. This is just bizarre. <laughs> but we love Smokey Robinson. Surprise, surprise. He did one of these cameos. This is Smokey Robinson. I know you didn't expect to hear from me. But I was contacted by your sons, Jeff and Jerry. And they wanted me they told me that you used to live in Detroit across the street from me. And gosh, that's that's beautiful. Um how are you doing again? <laughs> nice talking to you again, I guess. But anyway, you're living in Vancouver now, and they want me to wish you happy Chinooka. I have no idea what Chinooka is, but happy Chinooka, <laughs> because they said so. Anyway. Happy Chinooka. <laughs> maybe he, he just hasn't, I don't think so, but maybe he just hasn't seen Hanukkah spelled like that, because it's not always spelled yeah, that way. Yeah, I'm nobody to to, um, <laughs> to say anything about spelling things. I actually just published a poll today. Uh, first of all, Smokey Robinson is an American treasure, and we love him. Mm-hmm. And he's brilliant, and the work he's done is great. So I hope he has a good Chanuka and Christmas as well. <laughs> um, but, um, but um, oh, yeah, today it, it, I, we published a poll in the Lowell Sun, and I uh-huh. put it up myself saying, uh-huh. do you – Oh, I, we got so this, much crap online. and I, Not only did we get stuff crap online, but I didn't understand why. I had to call an hour ago. I called an editor and said, he said he had changed it. I said, what was wrong with that poll? Why were people saying that we're idiots? And I don't get it. The poll was, uh, do you use a shovel or a snowblower? Because we have snow coming in a couple of days. Okay. The answers I put, (laughs) because the only answer I ever put there are what? Yes and no. Correct. And it didn't occur. I, I put it up there, and I couldn't see what was wrong with it. I said, "What is wrong with the question?" But what's wrong with it? He said, "Yeah, it's because you said yes or no." Which technically could still be right, by the way. Do you use a shovel or a or a uh, or a snowblower? Yes, yes no. I, I do. Use... Do you use the, these two things? Or yeah, or do you not use these two things? Do you use a shovel or a snowblower, or do yeah. you not? Right, exactly. So, so I screwed that one up, which is first of all really humiliating. And gives people who are not fans of mine a big uh, a, a thrill, of course. <laughs> the public way. service. And this is what I'm doing. And thank you for all subscribing and listening and rating and all that stuff. And this is my public service to you. And this is something I just found out from a friend yesterday. And I went there today and I noticed that it is true. Today, you can get meat from places like Shaw's up here in Massachusetts in the Northeast or Market Basket up in the Northeast, mm-hmm. or Stop and Shop in the Northeast, or whatever your local Winn-Dixie, Food Lion, Kroger, wherever you are, like um, pork, uh, um, beef rib roast and New York strip is hugely on sale. And mm. I found out from a friend of mine that all supermarkets, two weeks before Christmas, uh, put everything on sale. So, for instance, I bought a... Our neighbors just bought a... Beautiful, uh, hold on, what is this? Beef rib roast, huge beef rib roast bone in, um, which is 12.5 pounds. 
The usual price is $174. They got it for $74. This is a huge, it's, they saved $100. That's a huge rib roast. That's like prime rib. Think of that. And I bought one earlier today because um, we're not uh, we're not affluent like there, um, which is usually eighty one dollars for thirty four dollars. Wow, this is huge! So go to your meat section wherever you go. I don't buy steaks anymore because steaks are just too expensive. You know, to get a couple of ribeyes now is they're easily like you know. You like your like seven bone ones. That's that's the poor people's steak I usually have, and even those have gotten like so chuck steak. Even those have gotten Mm -hmm. expensive. But check out the meat at your grocer's freezer and get a good deal. Also, and this is huge, Alice. Mm -hmm. Today I went to a place called Home Depot, which I quite like, Hmm. and another place called Lowe's, and both were out of. Christmas trees. I had been hearing rumors that everywhere was selling out of Christmas trees, but I didn't pay attention to I've it. I've never seen it. Like, I can't believe it. It's like, I, Well, I, yeah, I'm you... normally kind of a late Christmas tree buyer because mm. um, I follow the Julian calendar for Christmas. So my Christmas is January 7th by your guys' calendar that you use. Um, and okay. <laughs> you think December 25th okay. well, is at this date. We'll but... Put one on layaway next year, Alice. Because, <laughs> uh, so there were none. So normally I get one kind of late because... I want it to last until January 7th. So I'm not like one of these November 1st people or whatever, all the people that run out and get one like in early November. So um, actually growing up, we always used to go get our Christmas tree on Christmas Eve on the 24th. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, um, Who married up actually? Now I'm thinking about it. Wow, thanks for giving us uh, six days, Alice. So, so, uh, so by the way, so, so I, I, and I'll let's, I'm going to let Alice for her own uh, religious podcast tell you exactly why she's chintzy on the trees. But I was able to find trees at uh, Walmart, just so you know. And marked $45, but since we practiced the Julian calendar, whatever that is, <laughs> Julian calendar. We, um, they were marked on 20 bucks for a tree. So there you go. That's my other public service for you, so you know. That's for Christmas or Chinooka. Wait till Tom tells you about Serbian Advent traditions. Oh, goodness. <laughs> we go on and on and on and on, on about that. Um, Alice, this uh, thing about the um, the Harvard Post Med Postgraduate and Continuing Education. Yes. A webinar, the webinar panelists use the term birthing person to include those who identify as non-binary or, non-binary or transgender because not all who give birth identify as women or girls. Now, the problem with I, I have with that, and I don't want to sound like J.K. Rowling, who um, is back in the news again, is don't aren't women women have babies right generally yeah you've had at least one child four in fact but yes. yeah by all signs there appears to to be a few around here <laughs> and so your powers of perception are right so you're a birthing person I am a birthing person but can a guy have a baby can a man a biological man have a baby I know you can get them no after a, the fact a transgender man. Can have a baby, so I, that but it, so that's somebody who's biologically a woman, right? So still, just women have babies. Well, they wouldn't call a trans man a woman, though. These people, that's why. Okay, but still, but, so, but still, but only people who have a collection of female, right? Uh, Whose bodies parts. are designed to produce ova are the, the only people that can have babies, still. In okay. This world. So, so overproducing bodies versus are still sperm exclusive producing bodies, to women. Right. 
Yes. But since the left has now redefined the term woman to mean something different from people whose bodies are designed around producing ova and can give birth to babies and these other things, they now need new words for, you know, the thing that women used to mean. So that's why they're having to invent these terms like birthing person. So, yes. So um, Harvard med postgraduate and continuing education had an online panel about how globally ethnic minority pregnant and birthing people suffer worse outcomes and experiences during and after pregnancy and childbirth. So if you have redefined the term woman to include people who were born male and you've redefined the term man to include people who were born female. Now you need words for the type of people who can give birth to babies, which is when you invent words like birthing person. Now, naturally people who used to be called women are kind of annoyed by this because it's kind of weird and gross and clinical in a gross way to describe women. Like we had a term for women and just right, because and you it, don't like the, what it defines. And also you would hope that doctors, including some who may have famously punched bullies, you would think doctors, you would want them to stick to clinical truth in in uh, topography, right? What's topography? Is that maps? Yes. What's it called when you categorize something? Um, Not topography. Um, taxonomy? Taxonomy, yes. Is that, tax- is that right? Yes. Or is that stuffing your <laughs> old dog? taxidermy. She's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. Tom Shattuck is not a doctor, you will note. Um, Yes. So, but this is what happens, is that when you have words that have meanings that are useful to people, and then you redefine them to mean something else, it turns out that you need to come up with new words for the category that that word used to denote. So if woman no longer means woman, now you can't, or if mother no longer means mother, now you can't. Use the word. Like if dads can breastfeed too, sorry, chest feed. You can't call it uh, breastfeeding because it can be chest feeding because some of the people that uh, chest feed don't don't have breasts anymore. Oh, I see. Okay. So that's, that's... why you're supposed to call breastfeeding chest feeding. So this is what ha- – and they're going to tell you languages evolved. But this is not some uh, organic evolution of the language. This is people gatekeeping – language into total academic weirdness that that no regular person can keep up with and follow you know it, it birthing mothers have been a category of people for a long time and you know and redefining the word away to include birthing fathers is so that you have to just say birthing person or birthing non-binary people or whoever it's um it is offensive to women, frankly. Yeah. I'm not well, a, I'm not a be, birthing so person. So what you take now in Tulsi Gabbard now, Tulsi taking the stand, uh, you know, reinvigorating Title Title Nine, suggesting mm-hmm. that um, male athletes, biologically male athletes, should not be competing with the fields of women as well, right. women. And it is misguided. There have been people. states that have said that you have to compete in the category that you're born as. Um, and that's also a mistake because that means then that uh, women who, people who were born women or born female who now take testosterone to be male 
have to compete with the women if you make it like you have to compete with your biological sex. What mm-hmm. we should have is a category that is for everyone, which is what has traditionally been known as men's sports because men tend to be better than women at sports. Mm-hmm. And then we can have a category that's just for people that were born female and remain female. Okay, so that, that wraps up that section of, <laughs> of this uh, podcast. Alice, I have some philosophical questions to ask you. I okay. hope you're ready. Okay. You are a person who's educated. You you do not have a PhD or no. an MD like Jill Biden does. No. Where is the line between art and not art? On what scale? Where is the line between art and not art? I mean, a lot of things aren't art. Where is the line, Alice? I don't know. I don't. That's the question. I'm confused by the question. So I'm going to say this. I will say that not art is something that can be created by anybody. So the Jackson Pollock throwing paint (laughs) idiocy, that is not art. Um, regardless of it being something that's uh, monetized, um, you know, the, is graffiti art? I would say, although it's also vandalism, I will say that, uh, some of it, good graffiti, like Banksy and stuff. Yeah. Good graffiti is art, Mm -hmm. though. I don't condone vandalism. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I used to know a kid who used to go out tagging. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, question: mm-hmm. Does fate exist? If so, do we have free will? Fate, uh, in the sense of uh, the hand of God, does exist, but we also have free will. So, yes, both. and yes. Ooh. That's a complex question. Oh my goodness, though, so. that's like my but... poll question. <laughs> do you have fate or do you have free will? Yes or no? Right. <laughs> Where does your self worth? No, no. Why do we dream? Um, I don't know why we dream. There is no reason. <laughs> that is the truth. Uh, second to last one. Does a person's name influence the person they become? Yes. Really? Yes. You think so? Yes. I mean, there's actual evidence on that. Really? Yeah. People who have more common names are more successful. And actually, even people who have um, more common spellings of names that are spelled different ways, like... J Jeffs on average are more successful than G E Jeffs. Really? Yeah. That's one re- that's like and you know part of that might be by like um African American kids are much much more likely to be named with unusual names in the US than white kids are. And um it it's something that like that probably is it does have an impact on their success in life. I mean maybe that you think partially so? bias no. and stuff. Yeah. Partially biased, but partially just like imagine the wasted well, time in your you, life explaining to people be? how to spell your name. Why would that be? Unless it was 
um, unless they're being discriminated against because somebody reads a name and says, oh, this is an African-American person or guesses. But, okay, so there's a few different things to your question. Like, does someone's name have an impact on them? First of all, I think that... Um, does a person's name influence the person they become? Okay, yes. So, but I think that your name, like, how can it not... Um, somehow worm its way into your psyche that people have called you this thing since before a time that you can even consciously remember you know how can that not impact you and like even people i have one relation who changed their name as a teenager Mm -hmm. to something different like just decided to be called something else and change their name like i just find that so odd like it's like we i can't um mentally imagine that person like it's confusing to me because when I remember them from the time that before they changed their name, I still think of them as the previous name, not as the current name. Like, I can't... It's, it's very hard for me mentally Alice, to wrap my mind around name, the concept of a How does a person's person. name influence the person? But it does. I mean, we know that it influences the person. We know that it influences at least their success in life, either because they're discriminated against or because they have to waste more of their time and energy in life explaining to people what their name is and how to spell their name. I don't know. How do you know just, that that's... We don't know why it is, but we know that it's true. We know that what other possible explanation is there that J. Jeffs do better in life than G.E. Jeffs, but they do. Well, I mean, it's it should be J. Jeff. It should be G. E. <laughs> so how so does the name influence the person that J the Jeff becomes? How I don't know Jeff? if G people have a deflated sense of self or, or if J well, people. Well, so it are influences them in some way. How do you know? I don't, it, there's having been the name, studies on that. Having the name Tom does not influence me to. Uh, <laughs> To, you know, make the most of my gifts since I've got this incredibly, you know, useful name. It's a dumb name. Any name that goes, Wom, is dumb. <laughs> I, I think that, um, but, it, you know, names are part of culture, too. If you're constantly feeling like people don't know how to say your name, like, imagine when you're a kid and, like, your perceptions of who people are are col- colored by their names. Like, didn't you know a kid named, like, Cherry Frost or something? Yeah, from my uh, high school. Right, like if you're out that, there, Cherry. Didn't that well? color people's perceptions of Cherry? Of and Cherry Frost? I don't yeah. know. We that had a Muffy in cherry our high school. Frost. A Muffy, right? So, but obviously, the fact that you just said that in that tone of voice, right, uh, affect that her name influenced your perception of her. I don't know. Uh, I mean, well, you just said we had a my Muffy. perception was they were both attractive. That was all I have. Don't go by me. I am but no, not but a multi-level person. Names impact. How you think of yourself and how people treat you. Absolutely. Hmm. Okay, last one. Ready? Mm-hmm. If someone you loved was killed right in front of you, we'll use Tom. <laughs> if someone you loved was killed right in front of you, but someone created a copy of them that was perfect right down to the atomic level, would they be the same person, and would you love them just as much? No. Why? Because it's not the same person. Who cares? The copy of me <laughs> is the same idiot. It's not you. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Love my copy, Alice. <laughs> no. Yes. No, it's not the same. Love my copy. It's not the same. It's it's exactly the same. It's not the same. It's Yes, it is the same. No. It's a copy of me. Mm-mm. I would love I would love your clone <laughs> just as much. Don't love my copy. Yes, it's not me. I do like the copy nope. just as much. No, nope. it's, it's a different person. It's the same basic thing. <laughs> it's not same the basic same. thing. People are unique. 
Uh, no, they're not. It depends on what name they have. That decides <laughs> the, the entire path of their lives. Naming Alice. is important. This. The name of this podcast is. <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> Your copy gave it away, Alice. <laughs> the name. <laughs> oh come on. Podcast is the Burn Barrel Podcast. You can find it on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast, Parlor at Burn Barrel Podcast. She's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. You can check us out on YouTube. We have a whole channel there, Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel. You can subscribe, like our videos, leave a comment. You can review us on Apple Podcasts, on iHeartRadio Podcasts, and you can uh, find us on any app where you listen to podcasts. Check us out and let us know. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.